Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. The Flames extend their win streak to seven with a 5-2 to two win over the Chicago Blackhawks. And we are going to be recapping the win and talking about those little red flags that are kind of popping up that may be worrisome, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we're just blowing things out of proportion here on Locked On Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. Um, I need to come up with a new intro because I don't work for the Rivs anymore. So, hi, um, I do PR... Um, I write blogs and have a lot of opinions. <laughs> How are you today? Thank you so much for making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Odyssey, YouTube, all free. And uh, why wouldn't you? They're free. You can subscribe, like, comment, interact, rate the show. Absolutely love it. So today... We gotta we got talk about another win. You know, I think that there are a lot of great things going on right now for the Flames. And the first one being Dylan Dubé opening the scoring at 22 seconds into the game. It was so nice to see him score yet again. I believe that is three or four games in a row now he's had a goal. So it's really great to see that for him. I think that he is coming alive at the perfect time. Uh, you know how we had Sam Bennett, who really only contributed during the playoffs, starting to think Dylan Dubé might be like a little bit of a better version than that. Sprinkle in a little goal here, a little goal there, some great playmaking here. And uh, yeah, then he'll come alive in the playoffs. So love to see it. He had two goals the other night against Arizona. So great to see him finding the back of the net again. You know who else found the back of the net again? John Michael Gaudreau. And he earned his 600th career point on the second goal of the unflamed second goal of the evening. He had a two goal night and is now three points behind Connor McDavid in uh, point leaders. He is just absolutely tearing it up out there and uh, give him a blank check. Like I, I can't say it enough. We just, you need to pay the man, give him the pen. And I saw somebody say today that after uh, Goudreau's first NHL game, he tried to cash a $70,000 or deposit a $70,000 check at a bar. And Kevin Hayes was like, no, like you can't do that. But so, you know, just give him, give him all the money. Give him all the money so he can go to a bank and deposit it. <laughs> Matthew Kachuk, okay? This is just something that is not, like, I hate when people say, like, oh, this isn't being talked about enough. Why aren't we talking about this? Why is no one talking about Matthew Kachuk being at 98 points? Like, he is about to hit 100 points for the first time in his career, and it's, like, silence. It's crickets. Um... I've heard silence louder than this, and it's just nothing is there. Um, is it just like the East Coast bias? Is it the fact that he plays in Calgary? Is it the fact that no one knows where to look for storylines in this sport? Um, 
No shade, no shade. But uh, yeah, no, there's a really good chance that Matthew Kachuk hits 100 points tomorrow night, or I guess tonight in Nashville. And um, 200 point scorers on your team is unbelievable. You know, just having one is nuts, but having two is just unreal. And then you can't ask for more. I, you really can't. You know, obviously, realistically, you'd like to see everyone on their team have 100 points, but Lindholm is one goal shy of hitting 40, which is a new career high for him. And just that top line as a whole is just, so, they were so good, so good against Chicago. It was great to see. And then Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin cannot get enough of him either. And I am so happy that he is, again, blossoming at the right time. Uh, eight goals, or sorry, eight points in his last five games, just being in your face, but also finding the back of the net or playmaking, and it's just so good. So good. I love it. And he has really stepped up. And again, <laughs> another player that is probably going to need a blank check in a couple of years. One thing I did not like, though, was the Flames power play. They were 0 for 2 again tonight and unfortunately could not generate anything and they are uh before tonight they were on their power play was 21 percent on the road and they were ranked 11th in the league so you know kind of middle of the road stuff there but at least their at least their penalty kill stood strong you know i guess um, it's a lot better than it was and than it has been. So I will take that, you know, we'll take the silver lining there. We need to kind of figure out this power play because this is the second or third time recently we've had this issue pop up again. What, what isn't clicking? And I know it's not Sean Monahan missing. I know it's not. Okay. Cause I know none of you were thinking that, but I just needed to remind you all that Sean Monahan not being on the power play just isn't isn't what the problem is here but um, the flames played good hockey tonight you know there were moments just like every game where you're just kind of sitting there and you're like what are you doing why would you do that and I think my biggest like moment like that moment for me was the beloved Jacob Markstrom okay second second goal of the night and I just could not get over this um it was very easy goal that he whiffed on uh I don't like I can't even explain it because it just it it's so like if you go and watch the uh replay of this goal it is a very easy goal that was readable and he just couldn't read it and even the broadcast was like I haven't seen him miss a goal like that in years I don't know what it was. He whiffed. And that isn't the first time that that's happened. And unfortunately, it's probably not the last. And I also want to just talk about how someone on Twitter, it's always that app. It is always that app. And it's always the people who don't have their pic a picture of themselves as their profile picture. It's always some random athlete. And it's usually one that stinks. But um, someone was in uh, this person's reply. Oh, someone was in Mike Gold's replies talking about how, 
uh, oh, your Flames fans turning on Markstrom the same way the Canucks fan base did. No one is turning on Markstrom. No one thinks that Markstrom is this horrendous goalie. Him allowing two goals and 14 shots tonight is pretty, pretty rough. Him allowing Nick Ritchie to score on him within 30 seconds of a game opening, pretty tough. Him allowing, uh, what was it, three goals on 15 shots last week, not good. He needs to rest. Encouraging him to rest is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. So if you need some common sense, please come to my DMs. I will happily knock some sense into you. But coming up next, we are going to dissect the game a little bit more and just kind of put on this like whataboutism hat in terms of things that happened tonight because they are unfortunately things that we need to talk about. But let's talk about Bet Online first. BetOnline.net is an easy to navigate website for you. Uh, they are your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of MLB season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. I won 18 bucks last week. I was very happy. Um, so you should do that too. <laughs> Bet online where the game starts. Um, I really need to just pause for a second because we wrapped up last segment with something very annoying. And we're going to talk about something even more annoying. Uh, Twitter, Twitter pests are annoying, but they are inevitable. You're going to run in with them, right? But this game had annoying moments. And these were moments that, like, you take a step back after the game and realize how detrimental they could have been to your team and on a much larger scale, right? So I think the first thing is, is that, like, Markstrom just kind of, just that that whiff, that absolute whiff. And I, I don't want, no one is immune from criticism on this show. It is never personal, unless you're Milan Lucic, because you have beef with me for some reason, and I don't know why. But Markstrom needs to rest, right? So that goal that he lets in is a complete whiff. It is it puts the uh, puts Chicago within one, and it's it's not good. It is not a good goal. Like you you can't even make an excuse as to say why he couldn't see. It wasn't like deflected. There was no traffic in front of the net. It was a clear open shot that he could have and should have stopped. And then that this one, we are so lucky that Rasmus Anderson is smart. Anderson gets tied up a little bit with Patrick Kane, I believe it was, and it just goes into the boards and just, like, spread his legs. He spread his legs. <laughs> and um, he was smart. He moved his legs. Otherwise, that could have been disastrous. It could have been a really, really bad outcome there. You know, how many times a week do we see 
players going into the boards and their knee and, you know, oh, this one busted their knee. This one breaks their leg. This one messed up their ankle. And, you know, you don't want that. You don't want that ever, but especially this close to the playoffs. Okay. We, we don't want that. <laughs> so, and then you, <laughs> oh my God, this was really, really kind of, kind of funny, but like not funny. Um, Eric Goodbranson has had some really bad luck this season, right? Uh, first he comes in and is just absolutely destroyed by this fan base for playing really crappy hockey, right? And then uh, later, you know, he finally gets his footing. He's finally figuring stuff out with Zadorov, And then he gets, like, hit and slashed and, like, his, I think it was his eyebrow, somewhere on his face. And it took 33 minutes for him to get stitched up. And Daryl Sutter was like, I have stitched up cows after they've given birth. All I needed was some thread and some needle. I could have done it in two. And I believe it, you know. But tonight, he goes, <laughs> he just goes into the, uh, to the goalpost, spread eagle, but nuts first, if you will. And um, I just hope he, I, I think he was wearing a cup because there was no missed shift. Um, that, you know, that's that's why you wear protective gear. PPE, if you will. <laughs> like, like, nope, that just sounds like it hurts. But we need to take a step back. And, you know, all of these things are very annoying and can, like, get under your skin, you know. But think about this from, like, a bigger picture, right? Not just this isolated regular season game against Chicago who is already mathematically eliminated and and abomination of an organization, right? So Marquis Whiff could have cost them oh, obviously a win tonight. But put put on your what aboutism caps. I don't have a hat with me. I should have grabbed one. But what if that was an elimination game and that was a go ahead goal? You know, if it happens once, it's probably gonna happen again. So what happens if that literally is like a game five, a game six, a game seven? And that that's a go-ahead goal or an equalizer. You're screwed. You like you're feeling a lot more than annoyance. Like talking about like I'm getting more than annoyed. <laughs> and then it's the same with injuries, you know? Obviously, Goodbranson, it was fine. And but him missing basically a period of hockey. I think it was against Colorado too at home. Um, when he has to have his face stitched up, that's just unacceptable. I'm sorry, but why is it taking you that long? We've seen players, you know, come back in, in like a commercial break and maybe miss a shift, but that's inexcusable. And then obviously tonight was just an accident of him hitting family jewels, but uh, hopefully that's okay. And it doesn't happen again, but could have been more serious. And then the thing with Anderson it's a little bit more serious than just good Branson going um, head first into the post, if you will. But I, I don't want to put on about put on my whataboutism cap for that because that one is more serious, and I don't want to speak it. I don't want to think about it because that would be very detrimental and probably mean that Juso Valamaki would be playing playoff minutes over Rasmus Anderson. And we're just, we're not living in a simulation where we're doing that. We're just not. But what we are going to do is uh, 
We're going to take a look at some tweets of the game next. I think that that's just kind of a fun segment to wrap the show up with. But first, we are going to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of this show. And I'm so grateful that I found them because they have saved me hundreds of dollars. And that is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned car parts website that is just absolutely fantastic to me. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. And the prices are reliably low for every customer. There's not, uh, you know, different tiers or this like secret club where you get um, special perks because you are, you know, paying member because you're a mechanic or you're a do-it-yourselfer and getting screwed over. No, Rock Auto has your back. I'm get I got my windows fixed for much less than market cost because of Rock Auto. Now my windows can go down again and I'm so happy. Um, but go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Literally love Rock Auto. Like, I genuinely <laughs> am so grateful for them. Uh, I just, I don't get paid extra to say that. But, all right, we're going to talk about um, <laughs> some some of um, tweets of the game. One, ones that stood out to me typically from fans. I think that these are uh, just some really good stats or tweets that were just good to reflect on after a good night uh, here in, well, I guess there in Chicago. Yeah. But the flame, this is coming from James Johnson YYC, who is the host of the Barn, Barn Burner Show podcast. And he says the Flames are on pace to have their second best season by points in franchise history. Their best, 1988-1989. What happened in that year? Um, I don't know. Some blonde pop star was born. Um, my parents went on vacation to South Carolina. Oh, and the Flames won the cup. Yeah, I think that that's, that might be worth noting something. So, Again, great to see them thriving and living their best life. Um, I'm absolutely obsessed with the fact that they are performing at a level that they have in the past, but from a, uh, you know, in a much, I think a much higher um, caliber, because this is a more difficult era more competitive era of hockey compared to back then I would say but another one is coming from Flash Analytics who is fantastic his at is uh Flash underscore 33 Michael back uh Michael Michael Backlund just finished a hard working physical shift great work down low in both zones okay so you don't need to find yourself on the score sheet in order to have a good game. You know, yeah, sure, that that contributes and that, that helps, but that doesn't make your game, 
just because you're not on the score sheet, that doesn't mean that, you know, the player is useless, like they didn't contribute anything. Uh, yes, there are players who are dead weight, but Backlund is not one of them. He is one of my favorite two-way players to watch on this team. I think that he brings a fantastic uh, leadership aspect to this team, but he knows he knows how to work the uh the defensive zone as well as the offensive zone. And I think that's really great to see. I think that tonight, like he stood out to me and I would love to see him. I think he could be named captain one day. I do. I know that there's kind of talks of maybe moving on from him, do your thing, you know, but I think he is someone who uh, provides a lot more than just uh, score sheets. You know, I just I think that he brings a lot to the team, and that includes protecting the puck as well as finding the back of the net. And to wrap up our tweets of the game, I thought that we would talk about our good friend Pat Steinberg and uh, <laughs> just the magic number to clinch the Pacific Division. It drops by one and a half with Monday's 5-2 win in Chicago, up to 42 regulation wins, which means the Oilers can no longer catch them for the first tiebreaker. Flames' magic number to clinch the division is down to one and a half. So, you know, all they need to do is um, figure out how to win in Nashville and... Bye. But, you know, I think that this team has just overperformed this year and it's been really great to watch. I am so grateful that we get to talk about good hockey on a daily basis now. I think it's a lot more fun. But that will do it for me today on Lockdown Flames. I will be back with a predator Predators recap. Hopefully we will be talking some good news on uh, Wednesday's show, but yeah, that'll do it for me today. Thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. You can find me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto, and of course, uh, you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.